The goal of this program is to simplify marketing for small businesses. Small businesses don't have the time, money, or patience to mess around. My name is Cale Gwynn, and I'm here to put things in perspective, to provide you with free marketing advice in small doses that are easy to absorb and apply. I'll tell fun stories, interview some amazing experts, provide easy-to-execute how-tos, and answer your questions. All here on Totally Hyped. In Feedspot's Top 25 Must-Follow Small Business Marketing Podcasts on the web. Reason number 10 to hire a marketing consultant or advocate uh, for your marketing is to replace emotion, subjectivity, bias, ego, and pride with pragmatic marketing approaches guaranteed to work. Now, most companies I understand are not going to guarantee their results. Uh, There's so many variables that go into play uh, that you can't, you know, like somebody can come in and just wreck everything. And it's usually, you know, it's not really marketing's fault, typically, like just the pure, genuine, like it's not TV's fault or it's not the internet's fault. It's it's usually human beings. Now, of course, marketers can get it wrong and you can have a campaign that doesn't work out very well. Uh, but I will tell you that the thing that trips up most marketing projects, and I've been doing this since 1996, the thing that trips the, the marketing projects up the most is just the people involved in the project. Uh, a lot of stakeholders, a lot of leaders. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to pick on you guys a little bit. Uh, if you're a business owner or you know you're leading the marketing charge or what have you, uh, oftentimes you guys are the ones that are causing the problem and you don't even know it. And I'm not here to just say you're an idiot. Stop doing this. It's tough because you know there's something in us that makes us believe that we know something that we cannot know, right? Like we, we look at something, we think this design will work. We don't know if that design is going to work. Uh, it could be rooted in now, if you really do marketing and you look at your market research and you understand that, and then you kind of bring the psychology of colors and usability and things like that into play, you know, there's a, a better shot that it's going to work. I like to work over time because, you know, like just take a website. We know that this is solid and it looks decent you know, by all accounts. Uh, but we know that after we see how people are using it and how we see people responding to the content, that's when we make changes. So the problem really becomes, uh, and I'm working on a project right at this moment, um, and I'm not going to, you know, you'll be able to see that by the date of the podcast, um, but I, I don't, I'm not really you know, coming at anybody here, but we're working on a project right now where we're literally just about to do some small tests and the client wants all new verbiage on the website. And the website is literally for these tests. The website, it's like a microsite. It's like five pages tops. He wants to change everything. And it's just such a, there's no, what he's going to put in there is just his own personal belief of this is better. You know, we're starting with a bare minimum the way we would want to start it. Um, and then build from there. What information do they need? What we're going to change it to now, I have to, if things don't convert as well as we hope uh, from the tests, I now have to say, well, is because there's too much content here for them to weed through to get to what they want to do. So it, it almost adds in a layer. So in the very beginning, we tend to test with just the bare minimum things um, with super simple graphics and and things of that nature things that are are likely to work um, but then we change them we a b test just about everything 
And we can A-B test his content versus our content that we originally started with. But at the end of the day, it's almost like overthinking things and thinking that you know something that you can't possibly know. And that, and that really is just kind of the subjectivity part of it, right? Um, but there are also egos involved. Let's talk about egos for a minute. Egos uh, oftentimes have this idea that I have to be right. So I think we should be doing this. And a marketing project will then swing or get directed toward doing that thing that that leader wants to be done. And if it doesn't work and you can show empirically that it doesn't work, then there will be some outside reason that they will say, cause that not to work. You know, that's, that's the ego, like, I'm not wrong. I wasn't wrong. It was because of this other thing. You know, egos will also say, you know, I know this business. I know this marketplace. I know, I know, I know. And they don't. I can't even begin to tell you how many times um, leaders will say, without question, this is true. And so we'll go and we'll research and just say, okay, if this is true, then we want to know you know, next steps and, and things that we're going to do around that true thing that we just learned. And then when we find out that it's not true, we'll pull up you know, reputable resources that say, well, you said it was 100,000 customers in this sector and we're learning that it's only 18,000. Well, that's wrong. The reputable resource... <laughs> It's just, it's an amazing thing. It's pride, it's ego, subjectivity, it's emotion. Uh, You know, there's all kinds of things that are at play here, and these are uncontrollable variables. They're human beings. You can't even control your own stuff most of the time, your own internal thoughts and your own internal kind of beliefs. You can't turn that off, and for the love of God, you certainly can't turn it off or control it in other people. So, you know, we run into this thing where, you know, some leader or some stakeholder that has a say, you know, this is their favorite platform. It's not working. I don't care. We're going to do it. We're going to stay on my platform. I love my platform. But it's not working. I don't care. We have to deal with that. That comes out of our our budget, our, our whole budget. Now we have less money to work with what things that might be working. Now, I'm saying this and you're probably going, God, I can't believe companies are like that. I can't believe marketers are like that. But if you're a company or you're a marketer, there's a high likelihood that you're like that. And that's what's great about bringing in an advocate or a consultant. We get to come in and we don't even know your stuff yet. So we get to come in with a completely fresh set of eyes. And we get to look at things and we just get to apply our knowledge, our experience and what have you, and just, like, we just try to simplify it, like, eh, I don't care if you like blue. I don't care if you like red. I, I there, there was once a company um, that, again, you know, I got to make this another reason. We just, you know, we can easily hit 20 reasons. <clears throat> I could probably do 100 reasons, I think, um, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't want it to be ridiculous. I just, uh, but the 20th reason would be uh, this idea that, uh, you need a marketing consultant to stop people from just doing what their competitors do. But that's a whole bias, ego, subjectivity, pride thing. Anyway, if my competitor is doing this, I must be behind because I'm not doing it. Therefore, let's do what the competitor is doing. Ugh. 
I mean, go work for the competitor then. Just go do that. The idea of marketing and advertising is to stand out, to not be like the competitor. When the competitor is doing this, you do something else. I was working on a project and, you know, the, the client had had history with color schemes and jingles and all kinds of things. I mean, they, they had a serious history of things that worked. Sales had declined over time and a lot of it was just market share. There had been a lot of new players coming into the marketplace and uh, and uh, they didn't keep up with the marketing for a period of time. Therefore, people weren't as familiar as they were with some of the companies that were much more prevalent in the advertising space. And um, the marketing company that we kind of battled with at the time, we you know we come in to help, but oftentimes you know we're vilified and we're the consultant is um, you know it, it's a little bit of a I don't know like a. I, it's a pride thing, right? Like if I'm coming in and saying, well, I don't think that that's the right thing to do, then the marketing company who is doing the thing that isn't the right thing to do uh, has to take offense to that. But I'm not really saying that, you know, like you're dumb or anything like that. It's just like, look, look we're looking at this and it's not working. Let's change tactics. Well, anyway, that marketing company was changing everything. Like they wanted their color scheme to be more like a competitor's and they wanted to um, run the same promotions and ads that the competitor was running. And, you know, with basically the same content or same context. And I just, it's infuriating. That is so anti-marketing. It's like you don't even get what you're doing. Uh, But you have to do that with leaders and stakeholders. And, And if you're listening to this and you're a business owner, if you're listening to this and you're a marketer, you're guilty of doing it too. So we get it, but by the same token, you want us to come in because we don't have an opinion. We're not married to your thoughts and your biases. We, we're not even, you know, like we haven't even formed an attachment with the human beings in the room. So that's not weighing against us, especially initially. One of the problems that we do run into with bias, ego, and pride especially um, is we're hired by someone, right? Like there's someone in an organization that pulls the trigger and says we need level objects to come in and uh, provide us with um, advocacy for our marketing. And they kind of think that we're coming in on their side. But when I go into a situation, I try to be super clear. If you're going to bring me in, please know that I'm not on, you know, like I'm not picking your, favorites and your like I'm not going to just side with you I'm only going to side on the side of what's right and if we don't know we don't know it's okay to not know let's find out then once we find out then we can make those choices but let's find out for real let's not just go on everybody's gut um, and if somebody's got a gut feeling about it, something let's just check it out let's verify it it doesn't have to cost you more money uh, we have done projects where there has been an immense amount of research, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, probably on some projects that I wasn't even aware of, we would get research kind of defining a marketplace um, that they might have spent you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on by huge multi-billion dollar companies. And I guess I don't, you know, I don't know how much they spent. We just get it. Um, but I know that we have reached out and spent tens of thousands of dollars on research 
and um, you, we're, we're doing that so that we answer questions before we start. But in most cases, we can find out what we knew, what we need to know with some very just high level, let's look at the marketplace, let's look at trends, let's look at competitors, um, you know, a couple of hours worth of someone's time, we can you know, really kind of nail down what is fairly well-founded. And, and then we try to say, okay, if they're doing this, then we have to do that. Uh, we will probably touch on differentiators and things like that. But since we're talking about emotions, subjectivity, bias, ego, and pride, um, differentiators, man, is this a sticky subject in a company. Go in and ask a company, why are you different than the next place down the road or the next service or the next piece of information. Why are you, why is yours different? And well, we, you know, ours is better cause they can say the same thing. That's not a differentiator. We have better service. Well, they can say they have better service too. You know, like at the end of the day, it's very difficult to determine or to define differentiators. Now, sometimes in a very commoditized environment, it is difficult to say what your differentiators are. So in those cases, what you have to be able to do is you have to take, again, you're really battling against emotions and egos here, but you have to say, if your competitors are coming out and saying this, you're going to only help them or you're certainly going to limit your value if you come out and say the same thing, Right? At the end of the day, you got to come out and say just something different altogether or say what they're saying in a way that flies in the face of what they're saying. You have to stand out. You can't say, hey, they're $19, we're $19. That's stupid. Um, but you can say, hey, we're right off the freeway. Just two stops and you're getting your service or two stops and you're getting your product. And that might be enough. Um, just even suggesting that there are differences. You know, if you, I, I once um, was looking at oatmeal on a shelf. I know this just sounds so stupid and probably about the most boring topic on the face of the planet, but I was looking at oatmeal. Prepackaged just to add water because I'm lazy. And uh, there, was, there was literally the same brand the same flavor side by side on the shelf. One was weight control and one was not weight control. And um, I just out of curiosity wanted to look at the, you know, the, the nutritional facts. And I got to be honest with you, the, the weight control one (laughs) was worse for you than the non-weight control one. But the weight control one said that it was weight control. People who are conscious about that are going to buy that one. So that's kind of the thing. Uh, and when we talk about differentiators, um, you have to get leaders and stakeholders off of their position and just let them know that, you know, not everybody's thinking like you. It's, you don't just go into projects knowing you don't know. It's okay, man. The idea that you think that you need to know everything is probably your biggest challenge and probably the thing that's going to sink your ship faster than anything else. You know, uh, 
Sherlock Holmes, and I, I'm going to do this badly because it's not sitting right in front of me, but Sherlock Holmes has this great saying that uh, something about you cannot theorize and then find facts to support your theory. You have to go out and find the facts and then build the theory off of those facts. But we don't do that. I, a lot of people, a lot of leaders, a lot of people who are just tied to their position and cannot be wrong, they're going to say, this is what I believe, and then they're going to go cherry-pick facts that support it. And you're just <laughs> supporting BS. you got to learn what reality is and start taking bias, subjectivity, emotion, and pride out of the equation. You have to. You just have to go for what's right. That's what's the best thing for the business. It's what's the best thing for your marketing program. So reason number 10, again, to bring in a consultant or an advocate for your marketing is that you can replace emotion, subjectivity, bias, ego, and pride with pragmatic marketing approaches that are guaranteed to work. Thanks for listening to Totally Hyped. We're listed in Feedspot's top 25 must-follow small business marketing podcasts on the web. Looking for more episodes or to follow us on social? Or are you looking to get your marketing shit together? Go to totallyhype.com forward slash connect. Until we meet again, my name is Kale Gwynn.